Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Morning, Life Change Church. We are glad that you are with us this morning. First time guests, we are especially glad you are here, and I ask you to come back next week so you can actually hear our pastor speak. And then this is our Facebook Live service as well, so if you're tuning into Facebook Live, we welcome you. Special welcome to Kayla Beckett from Fort Sam Houston, Texas. All right. Kelly and I would like to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for the amount of love and prayer and support we've experienced during this journey. She graduated last weekend. We got to have an awesome time with her, and uh, she said to be sure she extended her thank you to you, her church family. And so um, if you're watching later in the week, we welcome you as well. Um, in case you did not know it, it is February, and in February, there's a certain holiday. Now, somebody in the first service said President's Day. Yes, <laughs> President's Day is in February, but that is not the holiday that I'm talking about. Of course, we're talking about Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is a day that we set aside to celebrate love and, and celebrate our loved ones, and we do all these ooey-gooey things. Um, Kelly and I have been married for eight years. I'll show you a picture of our wedding day. We got married and had six kids the same day. <laughs> right? That's pretty darn impressive. <laughs> right? And so she'll tell you that I'm really a pretty romantic guy. Um, I, I put a lot of thought into our dates. In fact, what was it, last, last, not our anniversary this year, but her anniversary of 2018, she took me away on a surprise trip. I had no idea where we were going, and when we got there, there were already flowers waiting for her at the hotel desk. I didn't even know where we were going, but I have those kind of connections. And so, um, but here's the truth about Daryl Beckett. Daryl Beckett does not like Valentine's Day, right? I, yeah, right? I'm not crazy about it. And you guys can console Kelly after service, um, but I just don't like it for a couple of reasons. And one of those is I'm not a big fan of spending money for something that's going to go into the trash, right? And so I think that Hallmark and the candy companies collaborate for how much money they can extort out of my wallet in the name of love, right? Because they make you feel guilty if you don't spend five bucks on a card that's going to go in a sock drawer and then eventually get thrown out with the rest of the cards in that drawer and the socks that have holes in them, right? I'm just not a big fan of that. Um, so that's, that's one reason. But the other reason is this, church. Like, if the... If the only time that I demonstrate love for my wife or love for my kids is on, on a day that our society earmarks specifically for that, then what kind of a relationship do I really have with my wife? Right? And some of us fall into that. We're like, oh no, right? Some of you love Valentine's Day and you've been planning for weeks. Some of you will plan on the way home Thursday night. Right? <laughs> And then others will do nothing. Some of us don't celebrate Valentine's Day 
at all because it's very painful for us. Because we've experienced hurt. And love is difficult for us. Last week, Pastor West shared a message with us that was filled with grace and mercy and forgiveness. And all of those things are rooted in the love of Christ. And speaking of Pastor West speaking last week and me speaking this way, this week Pastor Corbin said in his, his greeting that he's been gone for a couple of weeks. I did this in first service and I want to do it now. I just want to celebrate you guys. I talked to Corbin on Friday and him and Sarah are just so excited and so pumped up that they could take two weeks off and church still happen. This Sunday, our worship pastor is in Florida. Our, our lead pastor is on his way back. And we still have people stepping up and doing what needs to be done to make church happen. And so I just want to celebrate you guys. That's awesome. <clears throat> so this week, we're going to talk about love. Pastor West talked about it last week. Pastor Corbin starting a new series on marriage next week. We're going to continue to talk about love. So if you have your Bible with you, you can open to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. And if you don't have a Bible but have your phone, you can download the YouVersion Bible app. It's a great resource to use to read your Bible every day. You can also do daily devotions there, either alone or in a group. I'm going to tell you just some personal experience over the last two weeks. I've done a joint reading plan with several guys from the church, and the cool thing about it that I never knew was at the end of the daily reading plan, there's a place that you can share your personal thoughts of what God spoke to you in that message, and then everybody that is doing that reading plan sees them, and so you can push each other to grow in the gospel. Super cool tool. So Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34, says this. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is likened to it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depend the whole law and the prophets. Now every week somebody gets up here and we share the word of God with you. And typically at the end of that message, we give you a couple practical steps that you can apply to your life. Well, today, church, is really simple. We just read them. So we're going to look at the action steps right out of the gate. Today's steps could not be easier to define. They're really simple. Love God with all of your heart with all of your mind, with all of your soul. And then number two is love others the way you love yourself. Those are pretty practical steps that can improve your relationship with God. But in reality, they're not that practical at all, are they? Loving is not that practical. Normally, we give you things like spend more time in the Word, spend more time in prayer, manage your money biblically, be kind to your neighbor, Pay it forward in the drive-thru, right? Do things like that. Be kind to those. Read books that are designed to help you grow. Those are tangible, practical steps that you can implement in your life. And when you do that over time, your life improves. Love, not so much. Love's not tangible. It can't be quantified, but it's still what we're asking of you today. Love God 
and love people. And in order to do that, we have to understand for what, love for what it really is. But before we try to understand what love is, let's talk about what love is not. Really, church, it's something that we all want, but I'm not sure it's something that we all understand. And while preparing for the message, I did some research. Um, I thought that I could go into Google and uh, just put in, you know, hey Google, how many songs have the word love in, I'm not even talking the whole song, just in the title. How many have the word love in the title? I didn't get the number because it was too high to count. But you all know, right? Let's play along. What is a song that you know that has the word love in it? Come on, man. First service was better than you guys. Jesus loved me, a great church answer. Uh, but I'm an 80s rocker fan. Love bites, right? Come on. What is a song that you know that has love in the title? Aerosmith. We hear a little Aerosmith, baby. That is my favorite. Caleb Nilo had my favorite song on the screen a couple of weeks ago. Dream on, right? And so... Love is everywhere on the radio. In fact, originally I had titled my message, What's Love Got to Do With It? Um, And we were going to show Tina on the screen, but we've decided not to do that. And so while I was doing my research, I found playlists, of course, and then they encouraged you to download the playlist. One guy's playlist had over 1,100 songs with the word love in the title. That's just love in the title. 1,100 songs. Yeah. I also found some articles that I did some reading on, and one of the articles that I found really summarized it best, and it says this. The American culture is in love with love. The American culture is in love with love. Now that sentence in and of itself sounds nice and it's warm and cozy and feels good, but church, it's also problematic. I'm going to explain why. Now, generally speaking, um, again, generally speaking, we can say that men usually um, relate to or refer to the physical aspect of love, right? We think about sexuality when we think about love. And women think about romance generally when when they think about love. And so think about this coming Thursday, right? And it's not just this Thursday, it's other holidays and birthdays. But specifically this Thursday, Valentine's Day, we're celebrating love. Guys, which I'm guilty of as well, you know what we're thinking, right? Like, hey man, it's Valentine's Day. I'm getting lucky, right? Women, you're thinking, if he doesn't do something romantic, he'll be lucky if he's not sleeping on the couch. Right? Why is that? It's because we're in love with the idea of love. We're in love with the thought of what love should look like instead of actually being in love with our spouse or our partner or our God. And church, the problem is this. When we're in love with an idea of what love is, then we don't know what love really looks like. When we define love by a list of do's and don'ts, we don't understand love at all. I'm going to say that again. When we 
define love by a list of do's and don'ts, we don't understand love at all. Instead, what we've done is create a list of what we think love should look like. We fall in love with love instead of with people. And if love doesn't look like our idea, then we don't think we're loved at all. And if love doesn't look like our idea, then we also struggle to love. And instead of falling in love with God and falling in love with people, we fall into a trap of what we think love should look like. And when love doesn't look like that, we become angry, frustrated, and alone. Here's some additional statistics I found preparing for the message. A group of researchers studied the top 40 charts over the last 50 years. So 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, today, top 40 songs. They developed 19 categories and then they assigned percentages to those categories based on lyrical content. Across all five decades, so 50 years, coming in at number one at a staggering 67.3 or almost 70%, the number one topic of top 40 songs was love and relationships at 70%. Coming in at a very distant number two, but also related at almost 30% of all top 40 songs had to do with sexual relations. Think about that, church. The number one and two topics of top 40 songs of the last 50 years had to do with love relationships and sexuality. Guys, again, we relate uh, love with the physical relationship. It's nearly impossible to track accurate numbers of pornographic websites, but one leader in the industry boasts 24 billion clicks just in the year 2017. In one year, one site, 24 billion clicks with a B. According to a study done in 2005, the number one selling sector in the book market was romantic fiction, coming in at 26.4%, or just over one out of every book sold is romantic fiction. Fiction, right? Between the months of November and December, over the last five years, the Hallmark Channel has become tied or in sole possession of the number one overall spot on network television. Number one, that's above news channel, daytime television, live television, number one spot in all of network television. In short, church, we're in love with the idea of love. We're infatuated with it. We desire it. We want it. But do we really understand it? Let's talk about a couple of things that love is not. For the older folks in the room, love is not a black and white comic strip of a really strange looking undressed couple with a cute little saying. That is not love. Ladies, love is not a starry-eyed, candy-in-one-hand, roses-in-the-other-hand guy whose sole purpose is just to make you happy, right? Guys in the room, love is not a supermodel, scantily-dressed seducing you every night. I'm not dumb, right? Sorry, guys, don't get your hopes up. That is not love, And when we're in love with ideas of love instead of people, 
then we really misunderstand love. and We end up really frustrated. <clears throat> but there's some good news. Um, in the gospel, we are not the only ones who misunderstand. In the passage of Scripture we read this morning, the fame of Jesus had already spread. The triumphant entry had already happened. Miracles were happening everywhere he went. Religious leaders of the day were already plotting against him and trying to test him and trip him up. They took turns asking him questions. And this particular question that we looked at was asked by a Pharisee. A Pharisee was a leader of the day, and they prided themselves in knowing the law so much so that they saw themselves as better than everyone else. They were elitist in their knowledge and observance of the law, but when you study them, the whole reason they separated themselves and the reason that they followed the law to the minute detail the way that they did was just to follow the law and say that they followed the law. They missed the intent of the message. And so their observance of the law was shallow and empty. And when we love love instead of people, our love is shallow and empty. This is the position the question is being asked from, and in typical Jesus fashion, instead of just answering the question in black and white, he does it on a much deeper level. And he says, all of the gospel, all of the commandments can be summarized into two statements. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love others the same way. It sounds simple, but yet it's so profound. Notice the order as well, church. Love God literally with all of you. Everything you have, every ounce of your being, love God with all of you, and then love others the same. And I'm going to suggest to you this morning, the reason for that is, until you understand the depth of the love of God, you fall short in your ability to love others. Until you understand the depth of the love of God, you fall short in your ability to love others. You fall short in understanding your own worth and your value and how much you mean to Him. And I know for some of us, this topic of love is difficult. Loving God is difficult. Loving others is difficult because we carry deep, deep hurts and we struggle to love. Just like Pastor West said last week that some of us most of us, if not all of us, have experienced a failure in our faith. I would also suggest that we've experienced failure in love. In fact, in John chapter 14, Jesus instructs his disciples, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So I'll go one step further and say, a failure in faith is usually because you're experiencing a failure in love for God. Right? Can we draw that conclusion? If we love Christ, then we will keep his commandments. If I'm failing in my faith, maybe I'm failing in my love for God. Again, the commandments are simple. Love God, love people. And in order to do that today, for you to walk out of here and apply those two steps, I want to look at love from a biblical perspective. And the first aspect we're going to talk about this morning is that love forgives. Love forgives, church. Romans chapter 5 says this, but God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
while we were still in the act of committing sin, Christ died for us. Later on in Romans chapter 5, we see that just by one man's sin alone, Adam, just by Adam's sin, all of mankind has been separated from God. We saw last week, Peter separated from God because of his sin. And church, I'm here to tell you today that your sin will separate you from God. But there's really good news. Before we even had a chance to repent, to apologize, to take responsibility, Christ provided a way for us to be restored because love forgives. He knew when he was coming to earth, the whole reason he was coming here was to provide a way for us to be restored into relationship with him. And that way is through forgiveness, church. Love forgives. And the way we begin to understand the love of God is to understand his forgiveness for us. And when we understand his forgiveness for us, then we can forgive those around us. One of the greatest examples of this that I've ever heard was a college professor of mine shared with us that she had been molested for many years by her father growing up. Years later, as an adult, she led her father to Jesus Christ. That's a woman who understands that love forgives. I read an article this week of an officer who was involved in a shooting during a robbery was a 19-year-old kid. Both the kid and the officer got wounded. They're in the hospital. When the officer regains consciousness, he asked how the young man was. Did, did, did he make it? And when the man got out of the hospital, he went to the 19-year-old sentencing hearing, and he asked the judge for leniency. Your Honor, he's just a kid. He made a mistake. He needs a second chance. The article said that the judge wept at the man's compassion, and he could have sentenced him to 60 years, but because of the man's compassion, he only sentenced him to 12. During those 12 years, the young man found Christ while incarcerated, and during the entire period of incarceration, the officer looked after his mother and made sure that the young man's mother was cared for. When the man got out of prison, the officer was there to be a mentor in his life. The officer was a minister and he continued to share the gospel with the young man. And the young man became a licensed minister and is a pastor today. The officer has since passed, but the officer carries his, or the gentleman carries his legacy because that officer understood that love forgives. Now I can think of some pretty big hurts in my life. I've never been shot. I don't know what that would feel like, nor do I care to find out. <clears throat> but what I do know is that man understood that love forgives. Some of us struggle to forgive our spouses. Here's a reality. Check back to the beginning of the message. Love is not all that stuff that we think it is. In fact, love can be very, very messy and it can be very, very ugly. There's a couple of things I've told Kelly from the beginning and I still tell her. Hey, listen, I got about two promises, and here's what they are. I promise you I'm going to mess up. Please forgive me when I do. And I promise that you're going to mess up. I'll forgive you. Right? 
Or I, I, that's it. I'm going to mess up. Forgive me when I do. And, and you will too. And I've already decided I'm going to forgive you. Church, that decision has to be made before the negative action happens. Jesus forgave us while we were sinning. That officer, my professor, they were able to forgive because that's part of their character. That was who they were, who they are. Decision is made before the wrong because if you wait until the wrong to decide whether you're going to forgive or not, you're probably going to make the wrong decision. Church, love forgives. Love must also be our foundation. Love must be our foundation. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be buried, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Church, it doesn't matter what we do or don't accomplish, what we do or don't know. If we don't do it in love, none of it matters. John 3.16 illustrates this very clearly. The whole reason he sent his son to die for us was because he loved us. Love is the spring from which the living waters of Jesus' life flows, and it must also be the spring from which the waters of our life flow as believers in Christ. Love must be our foundation. The actor Jim Carrey said it this way, I hope everyone could get rich and famous and have everything they've ever dreamed of so they'll know it's not the answer. Without love, church, none of it matters. Without love, all the things you do, including sharing the gospel, doesn't matter. We've all been in a fight with our spouse, right? And you've had the obligatory apology. You know, the one where you're just saying, I'm sorry to end the fight. This is what it sounds like. Right? That's what it sounds like. And in my relationship, that obligatory apology usually causes a bigger fight. Right? Excuse me. Church, that's what it sounds like when you try to spread the gospel without love. Church, that's what it sounds like when you act without love. Love must be our foundation. Church, I want to implore you and encourage you. Fall in love with God again. Maybe you're struggling in your relationship with Him. Fall in love with Him again. Do your job with love. Love your spouse for who she is, not just your idea of what you want her or him to be. Love your kids for who they are today, not who you dream of them becoming. Love your neighbor with no strings attached. Church, our vision statement is loving people to life change. That's not just a statement or an empty promise. It's who we are and it's what we do. And church, there may be lives that we intersect with, that we encounter, that those lives don't change at all. Those people, we are still going to love, church, because love must be our foundation. Love forms our identity. Love forms our identity. 
In the Gospel of John, Jesus is having this same conversation that we looked at in Matthew, and he's having it directly with his disciples. And he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. It becomes our identity. It forms who we are. The Bible says they'll know we're his disciples by our love for one another. How well do we demonstrate our love of Christ for those around me? I would encourage you to ask your friends and family these questions. Don't ask yourself because you're going to err on one of two sides. You're going to think, hey, I'm really, really great at it, right? Because that's what we do. Or you're going to think, I'm really, really bad at it because that's what we do. But ask yourself, do others see Christ in me? Do I love my spouse in a way that demonstrates Christ? Do I love my kids in a way that demonstrates Christ? Do I love my neighbor? Do I love that person I don't know in a way that demonstrates Christ? They say that your character comes out during conflict, right? When the most pressure is put out upon you, that's that who you are that comes out in that moment is who you are. So think about times of conflict. Think about that time that you're in the drive-thru and there's a holdup and you don't know why and you're already late for work, but you're still trying to cram in that last cup of coffee to get you to work and now you're going to be later, right? Think about the time you're on hold for 25 minutes with the cable company and you finally get a live person and you tell them what your issue is and they say, oh, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong department, let me transfer you, right? For Kelly and I, we had a very real situation coming back from Texas last weekend. We suspected that there was a problem with our airline tickets because we couldn't check in the night before. When we got to the ticket counter, the, the clerk at the ticket counter told us that our airline tickets had been canceled. And so we said, okay, reinstate them. <laughs> Here's my reservation. I have a seat reserved that I paid for. Here's my receipt. This is my proof. And he said, yeah, if you keep reading, you'll also find out that if you don't show up for the first leg of your round trip, the second leg is canceled. So what happened was we thought we were supposed to be in Texas on Thursday. So we brought round trip tickets for Thursday to Sunday. Really, we had to be in Texas Wednesday. So we bought just one-way tickets for Wednesday and did not know we had to notify the airline of our changes. So I said, sir, can you, can you just reinstate my tickets? He said, yeah, I have really good news for you. I can do it for $400. $400! That's the good news? What was the bad? Well, we gave you a credit for your return flight. It would have been $500. If it wasn't for that credit, did you want the tickets? Do I want the tickets? I already bought the tickets, number one. Number two, I live in Ohio and I have to work tomorrow. Okay, it'll be $400. Right, church, I had a moment where I had to make a decision. I said, sir, I'm wearing my freshly purchased for me by my daughter Air Force sweatshirt. Sir, I'm a patriot. I just went and watched my daughter graduate from the Air Force. Can you give me a military discount? <laughs> Sir, were you in the military? No, no. 
<laughs> right? I had a moment to make a decision, right? Am I going to lose my mind? No, because TSA is standing right there. <laughs> right? But the reality is we have those moments, do we not? And TSA is not always right there. But other people are watching you, church. Other people are watching me, right? Do people know that we are a Christian? Is love who we are? Has it become our identity? The scriptures say that when we love Christ, it forms our identity. And so we've talked about love forgiving. We've talked about love being our foundation. We've talked about love forming our identity. We've talked about loving God and loving people. Why is all that important? Verse 40 of our text tells us, on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Church, the entire word of God at work in your life and my life and in this church depends on our love for God and our love for people. The entire word of God depends on our love for God and our love for people. All the promises, all the blessings, all the fulfillment of the word depends on love. So I'm going to suggest that maybe, just maybe, if you're not seeing the word fulfilled in your life, maybe you're struggling in your love for God. Maybe if you're not seeing the word fulfilled in your life, you're struggling to love those around you. These are not my words, church. This is a biblical truth. The entire word of God depends on your love for God and your love for people. As the worship team makes its way back up, church, we all want love. This morning we've seen some pretty crazy Statistics that clearly show us <clears throat> we're in love with the idea of love. Love is perhaps the most dominant force on the planet. And instead of letting the media and those around us define it, maybe we should look to the Word of God to define love. Instead of letting all those top 40 songs, the websites, the books, the Hallmark Channel tell us what love is and what love should look like, Maybe we should let the good book tell us, amen? And the good book tells us that we're to love God and that we're to love people. That love forgives, that love is to be our foundation, and that love forms our identity. Maybe you struggle to do those things. In just a moment, you're going to have an opportunity to spend time in prayer. If you want to pray alone, just you and God, we encourage you to come to this side where the cross is. But if you want people to pray with you, there will be people over here to pray with you following service. Church, I would encourage you to fall back in love with God. Spend time in His Word. Maybe you struggle with the forgiveness of God. Maybe you think you've done something so egregious that God could never forgive you. Church, that's a lie. That's a lie, church. Maybe you struggle forgiving somebody else because of what they did was so egregious. You don't think you can forgive them. That's also a lie. When we understand the forgiveness of God, we learn to forgive others. 
In the seat back in front of you is a connect card. Maybe you've never experienced the love of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of love, the foundation of love, or formed an identity in the love of Christ. And maybe you'd like to receive that love today. I'm going to encourage you to mark the box and receive Christ as your Savior. And if you do that, somebody will be in contact with you this week to discuss that decision. Maybe God's asking you to do something, a specific action. Turn the card over and on the other side, there's a place that you can mark God is asking me to and fill in the blank. Take a moment, pray, seek God, find out what he's asking of you. Fill out your connect card in just a moment. Seth will be back up with next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.